This is CliffCentral.com. All right. It is time for us to check in on the money. Seleho is actually here for Anthea this morning. Hey, Seleho, how are you, man? I'm great. Thanks, Cool. Kurt. Nice to see you in studio for a yes. change. All right. So where do we begin? Um, there's quite a lot to talk about market-wise. Friday was fantastic. Another good day. Yeah, I, so I thought we'd start off with the, the platinum sector yeah. because Lonman had quite a, a crazy week. I think Anthea may have touched on it a bit last week, but yes, um, I thought we'd go into a bit more depth. So, so Lonman was up f- f- about 40% last week, and that was due to what looks like a bit of a short squeeze. So we know that. How does that, how does that work? Okay, so usually when, when investors sell a share short, they're, you know, they're obviously betting that the share will go down rather than go up. Right. But in some cases, when a lot of the shares of a company are, are held by short sellers and then that company comes out with good news, short sellers will then buy the share quickly to, in, in essence, cover their short. So to stop being short, they'll, they'll buy out their share, close out the position. And because of that, if you have a lot of short sellers buying the share to close out at the same time, then the share can can pop quite quickly. Right. Okay. So that's what it looked like happened with Lonman last week. I mean, on Monday, they released the report and it was up 15% on Monday, roughly another 15% the next day, 10% the next day. So it looks like a lot of short sellers just looked at this production report, which for them was relatively positive. And they said, for now, I think... Um, the short case isn't as compelling as it was, so so we're getting out. Right. So the basic thesis for Lonman on the short side is that they have roughly, well, after this report on our numbers, roughly 30 months of liquidity left. If wow, you, and then they're out of business. Well, and, then, and yeah, we assume the PIC will probably… Bail them out. Yeah, bail them out again. But this is the interesting thing now for the platinum industry at large is… Roughly 172,000 people are employed in South Africa in the platinum industry. So while all the environmentalists are getting excited about the end of, um, of, of petrol and diesel cars, because obviously they want a cleaner atmosphere, the people who have jobs in the platinum sector are hoping that it stays exactly the way it is because that's their employment. That's all they've got. Yeah, and for us as a country, I mean, 70% of the world's platinum is produced here. Yeah. So this is huge for us. It'll hit us hard. Yeah. Um, and it's actually quite ironic because, I mean, one of the big champions of the, the electric car uh, movement is Elon Musk. So we could end up having a South African putting uh, multiple <coughs> South Africans. Putting the nails in the coffin yeah. of, of the platinum business. Yeah. And obviously that's not his intention. He's He's just focused on… Uh, sustainable energy. Sure. Um, but if, if we compare Lonman to Anglo-American Platinum, right. uh, so they're the biggest uh, platinum maker in the world. They produce about 2.4 million ounces every year. Gee. Uh, they're roughly break even. So they, they've said they're going to make between 2 Rand 10 and 3 Rand 35 for the first half of this year. And the share price is 311 Rand. Uh-huh. So if you annualize that, that range they gave, let's say they do five or six Rand and you right. have a share price at 311, that's a 50 or 60 times uh, PE for the share. And then you ask yourself, okay, well, why is the market willing to pay so much for, for a share that's basically making no money? It's because the market's pricing in much higher platinum prices. Oh, okay. But with all the news coming in now, that's not necessarily going to happen. Exactly. I mean, we're seeing Volvo have said from, I think, 2020, they're not yeah. going to uh, produce any more internal combustion <clears throat> engines. 
we're seeing a lot of European cities saying they don't want any more diesel uh, diesel vehicles being produced or bought in their in their cities. So there's a lot of negative sentiment around the platinum industry. Um, what about these batteries that you, you mentioned Elon Musk before, Tesla and the batteries that they're trying to put in to the electric cars? I mean, do is there major improvement going on there? Is there do you yeah. think that'll eventually be the replacement? Yes, so battery prices are coming down really significantly um, year on year. Uh, One of the ways that people are trying to benefit from this move to electric vehicles is by buying lithium-ion, by buying ETFs uh, that give you exposure to the actual price. Um, Because Tesla, for example, have said that they want to produce as much lithium-ion themselves as the world produced every year in 2013. Wow. Um, and then you have, you have Chinese battery makers that are also building these so-called gigafactories, which just produce tons of lithium ion. So that's one potential way to try benefit from this move to electric vehicles. Hmm. All right. Let's talk about some of the results from the Facebooks, Amazons, Netflix, and Googles, what you call the fangs. Yeah. So yeah, Jim Cramer of CNBC, uh, coined it the, the fangs. These are pretty much the the darlings of the the U.S. stock market. If you compare, the U.S. stock market's done 10% year-to-date in 2017. And these four shares, that's Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, has done 40%. Uh, So it's really outrun the market. And if you just think about it on a, you know, how it's impacted our lives. If I look at my life, you know, Facebook, I use WhatsApp, Instagram, maybe not Facebook so much. Amazon, I order a lot of stuff off yeah. Amazon. Netflix, I mean. Big time. Yeah, I like to right. chill. Uh, <laughs> and Google, obviously, every day as well. Yeah, YouTube, Google. Right. Go- I-, I use Google. I was driving like a madman to get here, and I wouldn't have got here on time if it wasn't for Google Maps. So th- the disruption that these companies are, are engaging is, is pretty significant. Yeah. Now, good for them. So how, how, how do the reports look? So, f- First up, uh, Facebook, we're looking for 40% revenue growth versus 2016. And that's pretty significant if you think that. That sounds very high. It is. It's, it's quite mind boggling because they did $27 billion for, in revenue for 2016. So we're looking for $9 billion just for this quarter to the end of June. Wow. And they've, they doubled their monthly active user counts to about 2 billion users. Um, that's, uh, that's four years ago. It was it was one billion users. So I mean, it's Facebook at this point is pretty ubiquitous. Yeah. And even if you try, you know, sometimes we have people who are like, "Ah, oh, I'm staying away from social media. I'm I'm not going to use Facebook. I'm not going to use Instagram." Like my sister's kind of like that. Even then, you're still going to end up using WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't really escape them. So they are in your life, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then we have Amazon reporting on Thursday. There we're expecting about 20% revenue growth, but that's off a higher base. So that's going to be about $37 billion. Mm-hmm. But earnings is expected to fall quite significantly. That's because they're investing very heavily. So that it's going to impact the income statement. Um, they did acquire Whole Foods earlier this year. Right. And throughout the year, basically, whenever Amazon sneezes towards a market, that whole sector of the market gets destroyed in terms of share prices. Wow. Uh, so we, we saw that with um, auto parts suppliers, the likes of AutoZone and O'Reilly Automotive in the States, uh, which supply auto parts. 
uh, there were hints that Amazon were going to get into that market and then those share prices were down 5, 10, 15%. Mm. Um, it's just, it's something that we continue to see. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how the likes of Amazon impacts South Africa and South African retailing. I mean, yeah. we have seen it to an extent, but I don't think we've seen it to the same extent that we've seen it happen in the States. Well, I mean, certainly online shopping has become a thing in yeah. South Africa. Yeah. Apparently it's growing year on year very, very nicely. But then you've got to ask, you know, delivery and that kind of thing is still a problem in some parts of this country. And internet penetration. Yeah. And, and, and internet penetration. But also if you're ordering stuff on Amazon overseas to yeah. get it in yeah, is such it. a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so they, they, they've also got Amazon Prime, uh, where you pay roughly a hundred dollars a year and right. you get two day, uh, shipping and Prime video, that kind right. of thing. They've actually got, uh, 80 million households now in the States using wow. Amazon Prime. Wow. Um, so, uh, a New York, uh, marketing professor, New York, New York University marketing professor came out with some interesting stats. That's 63% of U.S. households. To put that into perspective, 51% of U.S. households attend church, uh, 49% have a landline phone, and 44% own a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Prime is becoming pretty you know, ubiquitous as well. <laughs> I guess that's the major theme of, of the fangs is that they're taking over our lives. Yeah, we can't get away from them. Yeah. All right. Very, very nice. Is there anything else you want to throw in? Sure. Yes. Uh, so Netflix reported, uh, last week, uh, they also part of the fangs. Uh, they have subscribers of a hundred million, uh, people now, which is also quite, it's quite huge. significant. Uh, wow. and, and f- only 50 million of those are in the States. So it is becoming an, an international business. But what's very interesting is that they're burning through a lot of cash to acquire this hip, awesome content, which yeah. is great. It is great content. I mean, but I think it's costly. It is costly. So they spent $600 million over the three months to the end of June. Or they lost three hundred dollars in terms of free cash million. flow. Yeah. Um, sorry, six hundred million. Oh right. And and year to date in twenty seventeen they've lost a billion dollars um, on a free cash flow basis. Yo, you spend a lot <laughs> to get the good content, hey? Yeah, wow. I guess uh, it's it's that saying of it, it takes money to make money. I guess well, the word uh, the jury's still out on whether they still you'd rather be them than Lonman. Yeah, much rather be them than Lonman uh, for sure. All right. And then I guess just a, a wrap of, of the economic indicators this morning. Cool. So we have the Rand dollar at 1291. Brent crude oil is still at about $48 a barrel. That's still under pressure from uh, OPEC numbers last week. Gold's at 1254 an ounce. Uh, that's helped by weak inflation data globally. Platinum, which we've spoken about, is at $937 an ounce. And then markets have generally ended lower in Asia this morning. Uh, so in Japan, they were down about 0.8%. In Australia, down 1.1%. And then markets in China and Hong Kong ended slightly higher. Very good. Thank you, Sileho. Thanks, Gav. Cool. Sileho Tatsi is here with us this morning, standing in for Anthea, and uh, good to have him in the studio for a change. This is CliffCentral.com.